So it's easy at this time of, of year to get caught up in a very romanticized view of Christmas season, the Christmas story, and on Holy Family Sunday, it's just as easy to get an unrealistic view of the home life of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Our faith reminds us that Mary and Joseph were saints, and that Mary and Jesus were born free of original sin. So it's an easy conclusion to think that their life must have been perfect. We hear very little about the life of Jesus from the time of his birth until he begins his public ministry, which was around the age of 30. In fact, today's gospel really is really the only thing that we have to give us a glimpse into their home life. But when we look at the events leading up to today's gospel, they give us a picture that is anything but idealized. Father Dave parted his wisdom on us over the weekend in his homily in, with these events in mind. He did a great job recapping it or explaining everything, and I'm going to recap it now. Mary becomes pregnant out of wedlock at a very young age. Her fiance, Joseph, is ready to divorce her until he is visited by an angel in a dream. Jesus is born in the humblest of circumstances, in a stall, probably on moldy hay, surrounded by animals. And then the family flees to Egypt, and Jesus spends the first few years of his life as a political refugee. In the gospel today, we hear about Jesus when he was a young man. Mary and Joseph take the young Jesus to Jerusalem to the feast of the Passover. The Israeli law prescribed a pilgrimage to Jerusalem three times a year on the main feasts. For those who lived far away, it was practically impossible to observe this precept. Many Jews already considered it a great fortune to make the pilgrimage even once in a lifetime. Mary and Joseph, who lived in Nazareth, three-day trip to Jerusalem, went every year to celebrate the Passover. It was during one of these pilgrimages that we hear about in today's gospel. Jesus is 12 years old. He is almost of age. In Israel, when a young man turns 13, he becomes an adult and must observe the precepts of the law. Mary and Joseph were on the return trip to Nazareth when they realized that Jesus is missing. They can't find Jesus among their family and friends and must return to Jerusalem to find him. So I'm, at, I'm sure at this point, they started to freak out just like any other parent would do. So this reminds me of a story. My family has always loved attending the parish soup suppers here at St. Francis and then doing the Stations of the Cross. I would often meet my wife, Maggie, and the kids at the church after work. Wrangling seven kids out the door is no easy feat, and my wife had to do it on her own on several occasions. She had to pack the diaper bag, pack the children's Stations of the Cross books, the Glory Story coloring books, and any other activity that, that would keep the kids quiet 
So on this one particular night, my wife had volunteered to bring two crocks of soup as well. And she was running late, which is not typical. To, to, are lying because she is here. At the other mass, she said it was typical. <laughs> Let me start over. On this one particular night, my wife had volunteered to bring two crocks of soup as well, and she was running late to get the soup to the church. All the kids were loaded into the van with the soup, and my wife raced to the church, which is on the other side of town from us. As she turned the van from 11th Street onto Granville Street, her cell phone rang. Maggie said to our daughter, Grace, if that is dad, let him know we're almost at the church. Mom, Grace said, it says someone from home is calling. Well, my wife came to a sudden stop and asked, who could be calling from home? Everyone is with us. As all the kids looked around the van, they all simultaneously yelled, Mom, you forgot Bob. <laughs> he, he's back in the corner there. At the time, Bob was about six years old. So Maggie started to freak out and told Bob she'd be right back to get him. To say she was horrified is an understatement. After she had Bob safe, she started asking how this could have happened. And I'm sure Mary and Joseph had the same urgency and desperation to find Jesus as Maggie did to get back to Bob and make sure he was safe. Mary and Joseph returned to Jerusalem. And after three days of searching, they finally found Jesus in the temple talking to the rabbis that were teaching there. Mary's response when she sees Jesus is no different than many parents today. Son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been looking for you with great anxiety. Though that isn't exactly what I would have probably said to him. <laughs> Jesus responds, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Mary and Joseph had to feel, had to feel like the parents of any teenager who, who don't understand their child. They also had to contend with, with the challenges like any parent does today. However, their responses to these challenges tell us that, we did not, that they did not just practice their faith once a week. Their faith was the foundation that their lives were built upon. When Mary was visited by the angel, she could simply have said no to God. Instead, she freely offered herself to be a part of his plan. Let it be done according to your word. When Joseph found out that Mary was pregnant with a child that wasn't his, he could have divorced her quietly and went on his way. Yet, he listened to the angel in his dream and became the best foster father anyone could ever ask for. What is special about this family's holiness isn't the fact 
that their son was Jesus, the incarnate son of God, but rather about how Mary and Joseph responded to God in their lives. The fact that they were raising the son of God didn't imply that their lives would be free of challenges. The lives of Mary and Joseph were as busy as those of any parent today. But think about this. They didn't have email messages to answer or cell phones to make or cell phone calls to make or running children to sports practices or games all over town. So with none of these distractions, you would think that their lives were a lot less chaotic than ours. But they lived a lifestyle which required them to do everything themselves and make everything by hand. Every day, Mary would probably have to make a fresh loaf of bread. And she'd have to walk to the market to buy the grain, then grind and sift it into flour. She'd have to carry a bucket to the well at the center of the town to draw some water. She would have to gather firewood in order to cook the meal on the stove. Joseph would take the young Jesus with him to work in his shop to teach him the carpenter's ways. When I was growing up, I used to help my dad with woodworking projects around the house, and there were many times that he had to remove splinters from my hands. I'm sure Joseph had to do the same with Jesus. Mary and Joseph would have taught Jesus about the shepherds and the sheep, or maybe how to plant and harvest the crops. You can almost picture these scenes of Mary and Joseph showing Jesus all these things that connected him to our humanity. They would have also shared their faith with Jesus, attending services on the Sabbath, teaching him how to pray in the prayers of their faith. This is a model for us and our families and how we should be sharing our faith with the littlest around us. You're never too young to start learning about God. The scriptures remind us that the challenges which Jesus, Mary, and Joseph faced were those that were common for the culture and time in which they lived. They were not sheltered or isolated from all the pains and struggles of everyday life. What enabled Mary and Joseph to bond together as a family and withstand the challenges that they faced was their faith and constant trust in God. It was also the love and trust that they shared for each other and for the family that helped to withstand these challenges. Love must be the binding force that unites and nurtures the family. It is a matter of giving, not taking. It is total self-giving with no selfish motivations. And we see this in the first reading. Hannah prayed for a child. In her old age, she received a child, Samuel. She did not keep him to herself. She said, I prayed for this child, and the Lord granted my request. Now I, in turn, give him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be dedicated to the Lord. Immediately after weaning him, she brought him to the temple and gave him to the priest Eli as an offering to the Lord. So as soon as she received the gift that she was longing for, she gave him back to God trusting that he would take care of her precious gift. So when we learn to forget our selfish interests and be begin to truly give and share, first to God, 
then to one another, we experience genuine love that binds us together more closely in unity and in harmony. When we dedicate the gift of family back to God, we can trust that he will provide and take care of our family better than we could on our own. Just like with Hannah, he knows how precious the gift of our family is. And through the trials and storms, God uses the gift of our family to draw us together instead of apart. Selfishness destroys and divides us, while love and giving builds up and unites us. Also, we must always remember that our family only comes second to God. In the Ten Commandments, the first three commandments are all about obedience and faithful, faithfulness to God, while the fourth commandment is to honor and obey our parents. In our readings, it was possible for Hannah to give her child to God and Mary to offer her son on the cross because they were certainly aware that God is the first priority in life. The family only comes in second. Well, some may think that having the Son of God as one of its members is what made Jesus, Mary, and Joseph the holy family. It was how they responded to God in faith and the love which they demonstrated for each other that really made them the holy family. Children serve as the joy of their parents' young years and the help and comfort of their old age. But above and beyond that, they are a gift for which parents are accountable before God, as they must, in the end, return his children to him. So let us pray for the grace of caring for one another in our own families and for our family here at the parish of St. Francis. <clears throat> 